Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Good morning, everybody. I'll say Merry Christmas. You can say it back. Ready? Merry Christmas. Great to be with you. Merry Blue Christmas, I should say. We're kind of changing channels, changing colors from, you know, red and talk of hurricanes to to Blue Christmas and um, a series that really we named because blue is the adopted color of the developmental disorder known as autism. And um, I need to tell you this morning, I want to let you in on this, that Liquid is increasingly becoming a blue church as we are privileged to minister to more and more families who have children with special needs. When I say special needs, uh, autism, for instance, affects 1 in 88 children. It's actually more common in boys, about 1 in 50. And um, honestly, we are blessed. We feel blessed to minister um, to those families at Liquid Church at every campus because we have multiple families now all over the map and uh, all along the autistic spectrum. In fact, it's not just autism. Um, We now have families who have children uh, with Asperger's syndrome, uh, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, uh, ADHD, just to name a few. And what I wanted to tell you that is that we see this as a special gift from God. We actually see this as a blessing and a privilege that the Lord has given us as a church to reach families with special needs and minister to them because we know they're very close to the Father's heart. I need to tell you this morning, full disclosure, it's close to my heart. This is personal as your pastor. Our staff, uh, Liquid staff, who minister to you every single Sunday, we have several staff members who have children that are impacted by developmental disabilities. And so I, I just need to tell you this is personal. Uh, it's close to my heart. And this Christmas, I just kind of sense the Lord wanted us to, to change colors from red to blue to help us see kind of afresh the remarkable opportunities that God's giving us to serve this special group of families. Now, when I say that children with disabilities or special needs are close to God's heart, that's not just sentiment. That's not my personal opinion. I can ground that in the revelation of God, actually. And this morning, I want to share with you a special story from Scripture that I think just beautifully illustrates God's heart for for folks with special needs. So would you do this? Take your Bible, all our campuses, open up to 2 Samuel chapter 9. This is in the Old Testament, page 216. This is a beautiful story I was just chewing on this week, and um, it's about King David who ruled over Israel during Israel's glory days. And as you find 2 Samuel 9, let me just give you a little bit of background. As the curtain opens, King David is coming off the string of major military victories. There's a whole list of them you can see in 2 Samuel 8. He he slaughters the Philistines, the Moabites, the Edomites, all of God's enemies, basically. He just lays waste. They've been decimated. He captures like 20,000, 40,000 soldiers from these enemy nations. And, And with each victory, King David became powerful. He grew rich. He actually plundered silver, gold, bronze. He dedicates it all to God. So you're about to read a historical record about how David became the undisputed king over Israel, a mighty military man. 2 Samuel 8.14 says this, the Lord gave David what? He gave him victory wherever he went. In other words, God was with him. 
So David is at the height of his influence and his power. Israel is this military machine, and the people love David. They revered him. They saw him. They said, this is the warrior king we've been praying for, okay? And, and really, he foreshadowed the arrival of the Savior King, Jesus Christ, who would come from David's line years later. But I want you to just get this picture in your head as we read this, that King David was a mighty conquering king and a just ruler. Verse 15 says, David reigned over all Israel, doing what was just and right for all his people. So it's not just that he was powerful, but David was righteous. He tried to do the right thing by his people. And we know that scripture calls him a man after God's own heart. So I want you to capture this, this beautiful story that we're about to read. Because King David, his first day in office, he sits down on the throne, having wiped out all these enemies, and he has an amazing request about somebody with special needs. Let's read this together, starting at verse 1. Here's what it says. David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? And you can just pause there, because this is like a totally weird question for David to ask. First off, Saul was the previous evil king who tried to kill David. This is like David's arch enemy. And the first thing he says, he ha- Saul hated David. And David's like, the first thing I want to do is bless the, 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 the family of my enemy, which is kind of crazy, okay? He says, I want to show kindness to them because Saul was insanely jealous of David. When he heard the prophecy that David would actually take his place as king, he chucked a spear at David's head. He chased him into the desert. He hunted him like a dog. He had to hide in a cave because Saul was trying to murder him. Talk about a bad day at the office, okay? And now David becomes the undisputed heavyweight king of the world. And what's the first thing that he asks? Hey, is there anybody still left? in my, the family of my enemy, who I can show kindness to. And verse 2 says, there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. And they called him to appear before David. And the king said to him, are you Ziba? Your servant, he replied. And the king asked, is there no one still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? And Ziba answered the king, well, there's still a son of Jonathan. He's crippled, though, in, in both feet. And, and, and where is he, the king asked. Ziba answered, he's at the house of, I'll try to get this right, Makur, son of Amiel and Lodabar. This is a little like Lord of the Rings. You know, you ever have that like in the Old Testament? Son of Amiel, Gandalf, you shall not pass. You know, it's like these names, pretty epic. But it says, King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Maker, son of Amiel. Now here's the guy's name. Let's see if you can pronounce this. When Mephibosheth, Son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David. He bowed down to pay him honor. And David said, Mephibosheth, your servant, he replied. No, don't be afraid, David said, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. Jonathan was David's BFF. Saul hated him, but he was close friends with Jonathan. He says, I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and he said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Now there's a reason Mephibosheth calls himself a dead dog, not just because he's Saul's grandson, but because he had a special condition. I don't know if you saw that in verse three, it was highlighted there. Mephibosheth was what? He was crippled in both feet. In other words, he had a disability. He had a special need. He was crippled. And the question is, well, how did that happen? 2 Samuel 4, verse 4 actually gives us an answer. It says, Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was how old? Five years old 
when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, and his nurse picked him up, but as she hurried to leave, he fell and became crippled, and his name was Mephibosheth. So, in other words, he had this disability from childhood on. You guys understand this? It was a tragic accident, yeah? He fell, and he was, and he was crippled. But, but the deal is this. To have a disability in ancient times was to be considered cursed. You were literally like a dead dog. Now, we don't see it that way in the modern world, thank God. We have special privileges and access from parking ramps and bathrooms to folks with disabilities, but not in David's day. See, in Old Testament times, people were still living under the Levitical law, which reserved the special stigma for anybody with a disability. Leviticus 21, check this out. It said this, no man who has any defect may come near. No man who's blind or lame, disfigured or deformed. No one with a crippled foot or hand who has any eye defect. Anybody here wear glasses? Get out, okay? It's like, see you, Pastor Tom, you're out of here. About time. No one, <laughs> no one who has any defect is to come near to present the offerings made to the Lord. He has a defect. He can't come near God, okay? So to be a child with a disability was to have a huge social stigma. You weren't only isolated, though, from your community. There was a spiritual stigma attached. See, any physical difference or disorder was thought to, to reflect some sort of spiritual deficit. No, nobody with a, a defect can come near God. So imagine the life of Mephibosheth growing up from five years old, okay? Everybody can tell there's something different about the boy. You know, you, you did, the way he walked or the way he limped, maybe he even had to drag himself, didn't have wheelchairs, didn't have, there was no cure for someone with a disability. He was different. He was, he was odd. A social stigma, but a spiritual one as well. And that is a cruel world to grow up in, is it not? Yeah. Which is why Mephibosheth says to David, what do you want with a dead dog? In other words, I'm no good to anybody. Nobody notices me. And by the way, did anyone tell you I'm the grandson of King Saul, your mortal enemy? <laughs> I'm guessing Mephibosheth might have even feared David brought him there to kill him, settle scores, put him out of his misery. But David was a just and righteous king, a man after what? God's own heart. So what does he do? Verse 7. Now, don't be afraid, David said to him. I'm going to show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul. And mark this, you will always eat at my table. Translation, son, you may be last with the world, but this king is going to give you the royal treatment every day for the rest of your life. You're going to treat you like one of my own. I'm going to make a special provision for you at my table. I just finished the passage. Look at verse 9. It says, then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I've given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him. You're to bring in the crops. You work for him now so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at the king's table. And then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. And this is just a beautiful verse. Just slow down. Just absorb this. Look at this. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like what? Say it together. Like one of the king's sons. I want you to capture this. Because this King David is the most powerful ruler on the face of the earth at this moment. He has conquered armies. He has waylaid nations. He's the richest, most powerful man alive. And what is the first thing that he does when he sits on the throne? He looks at the grandson of his enemy, a child who at five years old had a disability, had a special need. And King David said, as long as I'm king, as long as I'm alive, as long as I have a heart, 
after the true king of Israel, this boy, this precious boy, this special boy, will eat at my table, and you are to give him the royal treatment. I want him treated like one of my very own sons, like my son. Let me tell you something. I have a son, <laughs> eight years old. As a father of a young son, that gets me. That just hits me right here. Does that get you? Does that get you? Because it's such a beautiful, generous picture of the father heart of God, especially for young ones with special needs. It's actually reading this passage in Panera this week. I was going to share this, and, and, and I'm reading this, and I'm like looking at this, and it just, it just tore me up a little bit. Because I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, what if this was my son? I hope somebody would give him the royal treatment. And then I'm in Panera, and I start crying, and I'm like, and he looked like an idiot, you know? I, <laughs> I put sunglasses on, I'm like eating my tomato soup, nothing's wrong, you know? But verse 13, it finishes, look at this, it just says, And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table, and he was crippled in both feet. Guys, God spoke to my heart through this verse, it was as clear as day, and he said, Tim, in my house, at Liquid Church, in my house, I always want there to be a special place at the table for folks with disabilities, especially the youngest ones. And you know what? Yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, because I'm not, and look, I'm not your king. <laughs> I'm not a king. I'm just, I'm just your pastor. But I was like, God, as long as you give me breath to lead this church, I pray that will be true of us. That Liquid will have a reputation as a church. That, though that's the church that just lavishes the Lord's kindness on families with special needs. You know what? We're going to steward our money and we're going to steward our resources to make that a reality, regardless of what your child is facing. Because guess what? Every child we're going to treat like one of the king's kids because they are. Amen? Guys, I'm excited to tell you this morning about a new ministry um, that is already happening uh, here in Morristown and by God's grace is going to expand to New Brunswick and Nutley in 2013. Um, I can tell you this is a God thing because it's not something we planned for. This was not like part of our strategic plan. We didn't map this out. It's something organic that God has been doing from the ground up, really through the hearts of our volunteers and leaders at Liquid Kids. As I mentioned, we feel privileged to minister to a growing population of families at every campus in Liquid who have children with special needs. And um, we have children impacted by a physical disability, and we have children who are affected by developmental disorders like autism or Asperger's. And honestly, that can actually be the most challenging kind of special need because you guys know how that works. You know, everything looks kind of normal on the outside. But as parents will tell you, that delayed development requires special training, special care, and special compassion. And so over the last 12 months, Liquid Kids has started training one-on-one -on -one specialized volunteers to care for children on Sundays with special needs. In Morristown, we now provide one-on-one -on -one buddies who give individualized training, loving care to special needs kids. And this is a huge investment because we don't do babysitting, okay, guys? We do one-on-one -on -one individualized tailor-made care to those kids every single Sunday. And the impact on the entire family affected by special needs is huge. You just ask Chris and Lisa Schmidt. They are a beautiful family with three amazing kids. Um, Annie, who's uh, three. CJ is four. Debbie, who's one. And Annie was born with cerebral palsy. And from day one, it's been a, a rough road for them. They actually first started coming to Liquid because she spent the first five months of her life in St. Peter's Hospital. And so they would come to Liquid New Brunswick whenever they were in there with Annie and um, she's had multiple surgeries, feeding tube, the whole deal. And um, it was hard for Chris and Lisa to adjust to life 
of parenting a daughter with special needs. But when their son CJ was born, everything seemed, seemed fine at first. He began presenting some communication difficulties and other behavior that actually placed him along the autistic spectrum. And as you can imagine, that's a lot of responsibility for, for two young parents, raising three amazing kids but two with special needs. But on Sundays at Liquid, God brought somebody very special into their life here, a volunteer named Kelly Hen. And Kelly is CJ's buddy at Liquid Kids. And she works with CJ one-on-one. They are buddies. They're best friends. Every single Sunday while Chris and Lisa sit and attend the adult worship service together. And Kelly makes sure that the Schmidt family receives the royal treatment whenever they come to the King's Church. This is their beautiful story. I'm Chris Schmidt, and this is my wife, Lisa. We have a four-year-old named CJ, a three-year-old Annie, and a 16-month-old Debbie. Annie was born at 26 weeks, five days, and we don't know why. Um, she was two pounds, seven ounces. They found out that she has a brain bleed, which means kind of like that she had a stroke at birth and that she has fluid that accumulated in her brain and about 40% of her brain matter was destroyed and would not regenerate. She was eventually diagnosed with cerebral palsy, which is typical for kids with a brain bleed like this. CJ was born normally. Probably around two or three when we started putting him in preschool, we noticed that um, he wasn't always keeping up with the other kids. He would lose focus pretty easily. It's, it's very likely that he has a mild form of, of Asperger's and also uh, moderate ADHD or, or attention deficit disorder. I just wondered, how did this happen? You know, I took my vitamins, I did, you know, I, I, we wanted these babies so bad. Um, we struggled for 10 years with infertility and we thought the battle was over. Now we have the babies, not realizing that there was a whole nother world. I, I accepted it as a challenge and of the Lord's, you know, a testimony of the Lord. God's been faithful the whole way. We went from being uh, a couple, a family that did a lot of serving, to really being dependent a lot on others, to, on the church, on our family members. Just going out the door, it has to be planned. It has to be, we have to tell CJ in advance what we're doing, where we're going, so he can understand. Annie has to eat and it could take an hour and braces have to be put on in a walker and you know, nothing spontaneous. And then to mention poor little Debbie, <laughs> our third little blessing. <laughs> Having a buddy at Liquid Kids has affected us and our kids by giving us peace of mind that, um, that CJ and Annie are gonna be well taken care of. Um, it's been life-changing, yeah, yep. Chris works every day and then he helps me with the kids. We put them down and then he works again, usually from nine until around 11 or midnight. So there's weeks when we never get to just sit together. And there's, there's weeks when we go to church and that's our only time to hold hands. With CJ, having the buddy makes it the same for him. It makes it's predictable, and he loves Miss Callie. I mean, his whole face lights up. 
when we just say your name, he comes home and he tells us the Bible stories. And he talks about God in his regular school. They asked him, what are you thankful for? He told his teacher he was thankful that God made him. Annie loves Miss Rachel and I mean, Rachel's a 15-year-old girl, and for God to put her in Annie's life um, and give her someone to look forward to is just amazing. When people hear what Liquid does for our kids, for our family members, and our friends outside the church, they can't believe it. That, you know, people give up their Sunday to come work with our kids every week, and, um, you know, it's it's been a good talking point for us to talk about our church and say what a great church it is. We thank the Schmitz for sharing the story with us. Thank you guys, we're so grateful for you. Thank you. I also want to thank Kelly Henn who works with CJ and also Rachel Ellis. I mean, she's 15. You know what her mom, Lisa said she's like an angel to our Annie, all right? Guys, the Schmitz are just one of multiple families in our church impacted by special needs, and we are privileged to support them as a family. Your kids are our kids. You have to understand that's personal. And so I want there to be a special place at the table for every one of them in our church, just like there was for Mephibosheth. I want the experience that the Schmitz have to ripple out to all the campuses in 2013, and that's why special needs is a central piece of this year's Christmas offering. You put a brochure in your program today that tells you about this. It gives you details about what's going on, along with three other projects that we're hoping to fund this Christmas, including campus expansion, hurricane relief continues, a church-wide Bible campaign that we're doing in the new year. But we're asking God to provide $400,000 by December 31st to fund these four projects because plans are now underway to bring special needs ministry to New Brunswick and Nutley in 2013. We're purchasing sensory toys, specially designed fidgets that are designed to help with transitions and provide positive reinforcement for kids with special needs. But you gotta understand this. This passion comes from a very personal place. They say like all great ministry is born out of the personal pain in a leader's life. And that is true with, with Liquid Kids. Some of you know Susie Soares, um, who is our Liquid Kids leader in Morristown. Can you come out here, Susie? Give her a hand. Come on out, Susie. So glad. Thank God for you. God has... God has used Susie as the architect and champion for our budding special needs ministry. And it really, I know, I know you'd say, oh, my husband, Alex, you know, we're partners in this. But just tell us a little bit. It's personal. How has special needs impacted your family? Absolutely. So uh, we have three kids. Alex is 12, Juliana is 10, and Ethan is 7. And Ethan was developing typically uh, until about age 2. And I uh, got really sick, ended up in the hospital for a few days. And after that, we started to notice that he had lost language. And um, things kind of went downhill after that. And so about a year later, he was diagnosed with autism. And then this past summer, he began having seizures and was uh, diagnosed with epilepsy. So our life is full of doctor appointments and um, therapy and all that good stuff. Um, but also celebrations of the milestones that yeah. happen along the way. Interesting because a lot of us think that it impacts one child, but it really impacts the whole family. Absolutely. Tell us how that's played out for you guys. Yeah, so of course we worry about our older two trying to divide our time between the three. Um, but they have quickly learned how to, how to help Ethan. Um, and 
things like going to restaurants and out to places like that um, you know, present some challenges. And so you'll see the first thing that the two of them do is grab the salt and pepper shaker because we had a nice little explosion of glass and salt and pepper in a restaurant. So um, that's like the first thing they do now when, they, when we sit down. And um, things like going away present some challenges too. Uh, we had gone away for a weekend and um, just getting the kids settled and the next thing we know we can't find him and then hear him crying and then find that he's outside of the cabin that we're staying and he had jumped from the second floor window. And so that lack of fear and not understanding you know, danger um, is definitely something that has our family on the, so he's sort of always on yeah. uh, and you know, yeah. trying to make sure where he is at all times. Yeah, it's, it's that, it's that you know, vigilance of all, at all times that if we can be the kind of place we're not only ministering to kids with special needs but their family like Chris and Lisa, they get to sit here for an hour and just be ministered to and hold hands together. Susie has uh, been kind of schooling me as we become more and more of a, a blue church. I was surprised to find out New Jersey actually has the highest rate of children with autism in the entire nation. Kind of a disturbing uh, fact. Why would that be? Yeah, so while the, nation, uh, the national average is 1 in 88, in New Jersey it's 1 in 49. And... Um, you know, a lot of people believe that it is the environmental factors and uh, pollution. Um, but then we also really know that in New Jersey, we have um, very early detection mm -hmm. systems in place with some of the best doctors and, um, you know, programs set up. And so, um, you know, sort of our belief that there are families that are also coming to New Jersey as a result of that. Yeah. Well, Susie, um, you need to know she kind of has a big vision um, for Liquid Kids. We actually all do. In fact, here in Morristown, we just moved into our brand new Liquid Kids space. Did you see it? Can we hear it for that? Praise God. Very, very exciting. We're now in the former campus of County College of Morris. If you haven't seen it, you need to check that out. And it's, and it's exciting, too, because around this time last year, we thought that space might be used to house our offices and classrooms. God had other ideas, better ideas. Um, Liquid Kids has grown over 40% this year, okay? It's bursting at the seams under Susie's leadership. And it's kind of cool because we need that space. Um, one of the things that you're going to see there is some, we have some specially designed space. Tell them about the chill room, the chill space that you guys are going to design. Absolutely. So it's a work in progress right now. Um, my little guy goes between two, two uh, sort of spectrums where he is full of energy and he needs to burn off some of that energy. So things like a mini trampoline and a swing and bouncy balls all help you know him sort of uh, make sense of all of everything that's going on around him. I need this in my office, by the way. I feel like <laughs> the times, that would be helpful. And then there's, uh, you know, the other side, we, we, so we, we're going to have two. The other side is more of a calming um, mm -hmm. room where, you know, maybe you've had a little too much this yeah. morning and you need to sort of take a few minutes to take it all in because the point of all of that is that we want every child to be able to understand who God is and the relationship that he wants with them. And so we want to do whatever it takes for that to happen. Yeah. We are still in negotiations in Morristown to increase our adult space for, for worship, but I just thank God that he found this for, for Kids First, and I thank God for your leadership, Susie. Can we hear it for her and the volunteer team that she leads? Thanks, Susie. It's grateful for you. Thank you. And in fact, Dave, yeah, Dave, come here for a second. I also want to introduce you to Dave Brooks. Some of you guys know Pastor Dave. Uh, he is our executive pastor. What that means is, okay, yeah, all right. We're going to you're like, what do you do? I don't know what that... Uh, typically, Dave is executive pastor. He oversees campus expansion, finances. But some of you only know him. You're like, that's Robbie's dad. Tell us about your son, Robbie, and the place he has at Liquid. Sure. 
In fact, I think more people know me as Robbie's dad than as the executive pastor at Liquid, and I like that. You know, as you can see, Robbie has uh, Down syndrome, and, uh, you know, he's, you know, if you know me, I'm crazy <laughs> about my son. Uh, I love him just the way he is, and uh, he's one of God's richest gifts to me and to our family. And so, uh, for any parent, really, um, but particularly parents with special needs, you're really always looking for places where your kids can go and enjoy and, mm -hmm. and succeed. But when they have special needs, uh, there are a few of those opportunities. So you're especially thankful when you feel like your child fits in. And that happens here at Liquid. You know, I feel Robbie has a place. And uh, he looks forward to Sunday. Um, like this morning, Robbie wakes up early because he knows he can come to Liquid and hand out bulletins and help in any way he can. For example, uh, Saturday night, he lays out his liquid T-shirt by his bed, so it's ready there in the morning. He gets up, he gets dressed. Uh, usually, I'm in the car waiting for him because he has to get his Beach Boys CD, which we play on the way to church. <laughs> Don't you blame know. Robbie. We know that's you. Yeah, that's exactly. your thing. That's all right. You know, everybody prepares for Sunday morning differently. Some <laughs> pray and meditate. You know, for Robbie, it's surfing safari. But that gets yeah. us here. But I'm glad that he is, come, when he comes to liquid, he feels like uh, he belongs. And I really want that for every person with special needs. And that's why I'm really thankful for Susie and Hosell and our liquid kids leadership who are creating environments where every child with uh, disability will have a place on Sunday morning. You know, a few years ago, we went to Disney World uh, for the first time. And as we were walking around, there was another family that came towards us and they had a child with a disability. And they told us, they said, you know, you can get this special pass guest services pass, where you then you can go around and you can um, go through fast pass on all the rides. So we got this pass and we were using it and obviously being able to move quicker uh, through the park. And about halfway through that day, Lois said, you know, listen, I'm feeling a little guilty. You know, she said, Robbie can go on all these rides. I don't know why we're using this pass. In fact, Robbie isn't scared of any ride and he likes the <laughs> rides better than anybody. I mean, we're, we're there waiting in line and he'll be saying, Meg, are you scared? <laughs> Kate, are you going to scream? You know, just a nice little brotherly yeah. egging on of his sisters. And so Lois was a little concerned, you know, that we shouldn't be using this. Mm. But I responded, you know, maybe selfishly, because I get the benefit as well, <laughs> that, uh, you know, for most of his life, Robbie is behind everybody else. But for one day... I like that Robbie comes first. And and, uh, and that's why I'm thankful that at Liquid Church, we're hoping that on Sunday mornings, any child with special needs comes first. Amen. Amen. Praise God for your faith. Praise God for you. We hope they come first because that's how it is in the kingdom of God. The last shall be first, and that's how it's going to be on Sundays here at Liquid. As long as, as, as we're leading here and God gives us, and I am so psyched about this initiative because nothing would, would make me happier as your pastor than for this church to become a place of rest and of healing and embrace for entire families with special needs. And by God's grace, it's begun here in Morristown, and with God's help, it's going to expand to New Brunswick and Nutley in 2013. Um, each year at Christmas, um, Colleen and I, we get together kind of with our kids. We, you know, we talked about, hey, what's the gift we're going to give above and beyond our regular giving um, you know, to, uh, to help special friends in need. And as adults, you know, Colleen and I, we talk about you know, giving an offering above our regular weekly thing, and, 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 and that's financially. But at Liquid Kids, this is kind of fun, we're asking each child this year to give up one of their Christmas gifts and purchase a winter coat 
for a child in need. And so on Wednesday night, we're at the mall buying two winter coats because I had two kids and they picked the things. And, and it's funny because my daughter, um, Chase, she got the card that said, you know, four-year-old girl. And she comes up with this beautiful coat that has sequins and fur and like embroidery and everything. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? She's like, it's, it's for the liquid kids thing and everything. And I'm, I'm like, no, sweet, sweet, sweetheart, sweet. Relax here, okay? We just want something basic. We don't wanna, I don't want to spend a ton of money on this thing, okay? And my wife, Colleen, just looks at me. <laughs> that, you know that look? Like that, I can't believe I married an idiot look, right? You know, kind of just looks at me. And she goes, what would you want our child to have? She goes, Chase, you get whatever coat, okay? Send your father to cleaners. Because uh, we're going to treat this girl like she's part of our family. Don't you love it when, when kids preach to the preacher? And I was just like, Lord, thank you. That's it. That's the heart of God. It's the story of Mephibosheth. It's the story of Annie and CJ and Kelly. Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem in the king's palace because he always ate every day of his life at the king's table, and he was crippled in both feet. In other words, God put it on King David's heart to treat a child with special needs with extra compassion, with extra generosity, and to have the vision say, in this house, they're going to get the royal treatment as long as I'm leading this nation because they're the king's kids, amen? Guys, children with disabilities, whether it's physical, mental, or financial, they're not less than. We are going to treat them like they are part of our own family because they are. And guys, that's what I want for our church. That is what is on my heart. And that is one of our main projects that this year's Christmas offering is going to be going towards. So understand this. When you give a financial gift that's above and beyond this Christmas, you are creating room at the table for children with special needs. Again, as long as God gives me the privilege of serving you in this house, I'm like, there's always going to be the royal treatment for, for, for folks with disabilities. Because it's not just about caring. It's a calling. Our calling as God's people is to lavish the Lord's kindness on families who need special support. And this Christmas, we're just going to do it. We're going to steward our money and our resources and make that a reality in 2013. It's funny, on, uh, on Thanksgiving Day, our, our family went to serve in Staten Island and served with many of you. And um, I, I received, I think, like, probably one of the nicest compliments I've ever received in ministry. I didn't get it at first. It was just a passing comment. But a woman came up to me with her daughter. And uh, some of you know her. Mo the mom is in her uh, 50s. Her, her daughter is an adult. She's in her 20s. And she's brain damaged. She has significant retardation. But she had her volunteer T-shirt on, and she was setting the table with the plastic utensils and the, you know, everything to, for these families who were actually feeding. And the mom grabbed my arm as I walked by. She said, Pastor Tim, can I just speak to you a second? I said, yeah, yeah, sure. And, 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 she, and she looks at my eyes. She said, I just want to thank you for creating a church where there's a place for everyone. And I didn't realize what she was saying at first. I was like, oh, sure, I'm so glad you're serving. She goes, no, listen to me. I was like, okay, so you know. And she goes, you got to understand something. She said, look at my daughter. She goes, she loves it here. She loves it here. And nobody ignores her or, or puts her behind the scenes, but they put her up front and center. They treat her like royalty. And I just want to thank you. Thank you for creating a church where there's a place for everyone. And I was like, you know what? Don't thank me. Thank God. Thank God that there's a place for all of us. Amen? We all need the Lord's mercy and his compassion and kindness. And that's why he sent Christ at Christmas. So understand this, if you're a family that has a child with special needs, man, I am just so glad God brought you here. He brought you here. I am thrilled you're a part of this church family. And if you're a volunteer who serves uh, or is willing to serve, or be trained to serve, I want to thank you for that. That's really the two ways I'm going to challenge you to take a next step and get involved this morning. The first is to give to the Christmas offering so we can expand that ministry to all of our liquid campuses in 2013. Put a special offering envelope in your program today. 
can use that today as our ushers are going to come forward in just a minute, or drop it in the mail, give it at liquidchurch.com, whatever. But secondly, it's not just about giving. Would you consider helping us serve this special group? We are actually making plans to host a January outreach to special needs families in cooperation with the Specialized Children's Hospital in Mountainside. They said, we heard, we heard, you, are, we heard you have a campus coming here. And we're like, yeah, but we're going to let our, our faith in action precede the actual physical campus. And so families with special needs and their kids have been signing up for this in January. If you are interested this morning in helping serve on that outreach, or maybe volunteering as a buddy at Liquid Kids, would you let us know? Talk to Susie. She's going to be in the lobby after today's service. Uh, your Liquid Kids director is going to be in the lobby at our other campuses. But tell us a little bit about your heart, and what we'll do is we'll give you more information as those plans kind of develop in the new year. But I just want to thank you guys. Thank you for being the kind of church where there's literally, is there a place for everyone? And I want to thank God for that. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, it's, um, it's touching because we're touching your Father's heart. God, in Isaiah, you said that you are a shepherd king who carries his lambs close to his heart. And you have particular gentleness and kindness for those who have young. Father, I praise you for Chris and Lisa Schmidt and the privilege, Lord, of locking arms with them and supporting them and helping them and so many other families, God. That's a privilege. We're humbled, God. We're humbled by the opportunity to do this and be the hands and feet and the love and the nurture. God, I pray that this would be the seeds of something epic. I love that it's grassroots and has just started naturally. But grow it up and let us be known as as the kind of church, man, where they just give the royal treatment to kids and families who are often our last. Let them be first because it's your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We ask that in the power and the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said together, amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.